Okay. As I had um, announced in the morning that I'd like to give another shir today, and so based on the timing, it didn't happen until right before Shabbos. So what's going to be better than learning Hasidus right into Shabbos? Actually, everywhere else that the audience usually is, all over the world, it's Shabbos already. But here in L.A., we still got another hour and 15 minutes. So let's learn until we have to shut down and continue Bezras Hashem next week in Yerushalayim. That's the plan. Uh, let this chus be l'schus arafua shalema for ahuva zilpa bas rachel bina. May she have a complete and total rafua shalema. Okay. Switch around over here. My eyes are getting already a little old. These glasses will work better for the reading. The Eberster's health. Okay. So um, the Maimer Zeis we learned a couple of years ago. I don't remember when, but we learned it at one time. And this is the beer. This is the explanation on that discourse. It's talking about the red heifer, Paraduma, this week's Torah portion. Again, we're going to start the beer. This is on page 114 in the book, Lakuti Torah. And this is the beer on Pasek Zeis Chukas The parasha begins with Zeis um, Chukas. This is the statute of the Torah. And um, talks about the mitzvah of the red heifer. In the mimer itself, now again, I didn't really learn this. I'm really just uh, going off over here with faith. I just glanced it literally. But I really wanted to get started so that next week, a pretty long discourse, next week we can complete it. So at least let's learn Sif Aleph, maybe Perek Beis. Let's see how far we can go. So the, in the discourse itself, the Alter Rebbe is bothered by the question, Number one, why is this mitzvah called Zeis Chukas Torah, the red heifer? Why is this the law, the statue of all the Torah? Should have said Zeis Chukas Apara. Why Zeis Chukas Torah? And the other question was, why does it? It says, by David Hashem, God spoke Al Moshe Al Aaron to Moshe and Aaron Lamer's saying, and in the very same verse it continues Zeis Chukas Torah. This is the statue of the Torah, Ashet Siva Hashem that God commanded. Now, since it's God speaking, so it should have said, this is the command of the Torah, Asher, Asher, uh, Asher what, would that, what would the word be? Asher tzi, not Tzivesi, that I am commanding. God is speaking. So he should say in first person that I am commanding. It says, Lamar, these are his words. This is the laws of the Torah that I am commanding. What is he saying? Asher Tzivahavaya, that Hashem is commanding. As if, he's, as the, as, as if God... Havaya is speaking, and he's telling you what Havaya is saying. That's not the way to talk. It's to say, I, that I am commanding. So, in a mevua be'idra, it is explained in Idra, which is the Zohar. It's interesting how we spoke about this today in the morning when we learned the other discourse. Part 3 of Ani Hashem Elokeichem, over there. Every time it says in the Torah, the name Yudke Vavke, two times, the explanation is that the first verse is the lower. Today in the morning we learned about it, that there's two levels in Yudke Vavke. One is the lower Yudke Vavke, where Yudke Vavke is more related to the letters of Yudke Vavke, four letters of God's name. 
and one is more transcendental, refers to sh it's the it's the the level of Yudke Vavke, which is even though it's 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 letters, but they're really not letters. We'll understand that a little better now in this discourse. They're they hardly can be seen as the letter Yud K Vav K. It's just it's carvings of the essence. It's carvings of the essence. In the main mimer, the Alter Rebbe is discussing the difference between um, two types of letters: letters that are written and letters that are engraved. Letters that are engraved are letters that are one, completely one with the with in which with the stone in which they're engraved. So the letters and the source of the letters are one. Um, in letters that are written, the letters are printed on something. So if we are to look at the source of the letters as God, that's when it really makes a difference. If we're talking, if, we, if the source of the letters are God and the letters are what God is communicating, there's a tremendous difference between letters that are written which means God is like attaching himself to something, but the something is something other than him, uh, e even though it's his communication. Or the letters are engraved in him, means that he, his very essence, and this communication are completely one. So the Alter Rebbe explains in the Mimer that the whole point of Zois Chukas Torah is that regular Torah that is given to us is the oral Torah, called Torah Shabal Peh, and the written Torah, Torah Shabiksav, scripture. But the question is, how, what's scripture's relationship to God? It's generally called scripture, which is written letters, Torah Shabiksav, written letter, a script that is written. So obviously it's divine. It's a divine communication. It might even be divine wisdom, divine intelligence. But intelligence to God himself is not really him. Although he... We discussed this many times. He and his intelligence unify and become one, but God is infinitely higher than intelligence. So in the realms of the spherot, the attributes, the intelligence are attributes. And then there's God's very self, infinitely beyond attributes. So when we engage the Torah, which is so awesomely divine, but when we are connecting only to the scripture of Torah, which means Torah as it is written letters, so we're bonding with the intelligence of the divine. But what's with, do we have access to the, letter, to the Torah as it is deeper than intelligence, as it is one with the emanator itself? That's called the engraved letters. The letters when they are, are him, they are him itself. So these correspond to the two letters of, two names of God's name, yud ke vav -ke. The, the Yudke Vavke, the God's name, as it is a name, is the lower Yudke Vavke. That's already a projection of God's name. As it already formulates in letters, written letters. And then there is Yudke Vavke as the, the four letters of God's name, as they are etched in him himself. It's who he is. It's called Shema Vayda the Yudke Vavke that's infinitely higher than his expressed name. And the whole notion of Zois Chukas Torah is that God is saying to us, my bonding through you through Torah is great. You're connecting to my intel, but I want to get so much deeper. I want you to connect to the Torah as it is etched in my very self, not just as it is written. 
And through the mitzvah of the red heifer, paraduma, you're going to be able to take the Torah at its very quintessential source, not the Torah as it is already emanating outwards. In other words, you're going to connect the Torah that you're studying, the Torah that we are attaching ourselves to, and allow it to facilitate and, can, and it should open up to its very essence. And thereby, you're connecting not just to the divine intelligence, but the divine essence. You're connecting not just to God's lower name, but you're connecting to God's higher name, as it is one with Him. And that's hinted to, that's why by the red heifer, by Paraduma, Vaidaber Hashem, Havaya is speaking. That's the lower Yudkei Vavkei. As he says over here, it's the Yudkei Vavkei of God's name as it is in the world of emanation, of Atzilus, which is a world of attributes of God. And in the way he refers to it as the small face of God called Ze'er Anpin, which is the cluster of Sfirot of attributes. But Zeis Chukas HaTorah, this is the, uh, the, the statue, uh, I'm sorry, Vadaber Hashem al Moshe Lamer, that the Ze'er Anpin is saying, Zeis Chukas HaTorah, I, I want to pick you up to the Chok of Torah. Chok is from the word statue, but it also means engraved, Chakika. I want to, you want to connect to the Torah as it is me, that's why he doesn't say that I am commanding. Because it's referring to a much higher level of Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke as it is etched in the Keter, in the crown, in the innermost of the crown called Atiki Omen. And that's where the higher Havaya is. So that's why the lower Yudke Vavke doesn't say that I am commanding. That my higher up, obviously it's the same God, but God's as he, as he is in a far more expansive, more inner state, not in, in a more external, diluted state. So shame Arvaya Arisha in the base palm Pasakha the Pirishu, the Shame Arisha in Ubezeirampit. The shame of Ayarisha is in the Zairampit. Vabez, and the second time it says, every time it says Yudke Vavke twice in a verse, the first one is in the Zairampin. Vabez Uba'atik, and the other one is in Kesar in the crown, which is still the levels of the infinite, it's still pre-attributes. And even though it's all one God, we don't, God forbid, believe in different gods, God forbid. It's all one. The name of God, the lower Yudke Vavke, the Zairanpin, is already God mitigating himself, contracting himself to the creation. It's called the filling of the world. God fills, adapts, and contracts himself to fill the universe with energy. And then there is the Sovet Kalam, when God remains in a transcendental place encompassing higher, infinite, and that's where the higher Yudke Vavke is. So now the Tzemach Tzedek says, we find this in Pashas Miketz, on the Pasa Ki Neri, there's a verse over there too where it mentions a Pasuk in Tehillim, in Psalms, where King David also mentions two times Yudke Vavke, one after another. It says, Ki Ata Neri Hashem, you are my lamp, God, the Havaya and Havaya and Havaya. Again, you are my lamp, Havaya, Yudke Vavke. And Vahavaya and Yudke Vavke, Yagiya Chashke, you illuminate my darkness. So what is it should have said? Kiatoneri Hashem, Yagiya Chashke. You are my lamp, God, who illuminates my darkness. Doesn't say that. You are my lamp, Havaya, and Havaya illuminates my darkness. Why twice? Why the repetition? It's not a repetition. The lamp is a lower level. But in order to illuminate my darkness, we need to go to a much higher level of avaya that's super potent, that can blast through even the darkness, even the greatest darkness. And that's what he explains over there. Vahavaya, the second time avaya is on a much higher level. 
The Gamkein, Apirish Bei Shem Savaya, the two names of Avaya, Kenis Kaliels, as we said above. Ah, however, Shom over there, Shnei Hashem Oisem Smuchem Zelo Zemamish. In that verse, you have Havaya and Havaya back to back. The two Havayas are standing one next to each other. Ah, Kam, but over here, Afo Pisha Einen Smuchem, even though they're not together, in other words, the Yud Kevavke and the Yud Kevavke don't come literally together. One is at the beginning of the verse, Vaidabed Hashem al Moshe vela Aaron. And the other one is Ashatsiva Hashem Lamar is at the end of the verse. Yet since they're both stated in one verse, we, we apply the same rule, which says in the Zohar that every time it mentions Yudke Vavke twice in a Pasuk, one is a lower level of Yudke Vavke and the other one is, illumin, is, is alluding to a higher level of Yudke Vavke. Only in one Pasuk, one is the Yudke Vavke as it is in the small face of God, representing the attributic dimension. And one is an Atik, which means Atik Yom, an ancient of days, which is still pre, the levels that are pre-atzilus, pre-attributes, and so on and so forth. So that would be corresponding to, in terms of letters, this is like attributes are like written, something written attached to God, because it's still an attribute. And the, and the name of Yudke Vavke, as it is etched in the Ein Sof, it's like engraved letters, as it is in him. Like it's explained in the explanation of the Zohar from the Holy Ari, and in the um, um, notes of Rav Tzemach, Kosov, over there he writes, It's not an, an absolute rule, in all psukim, because you can't state that in every single verse when there's two times Yudke Vavke. But when, when you could explain it that way, in other words, when the, when the, when the verse can tolerate that explanation, then we can say that this is what it's referring to. And in our verse, obviously it does tolerate um, this, this, this explanation, as he's going to explain. When there's the meaning that Havaya is speaking to Moshe. The first is that this Havaya is in the Zairan pit, in the lower level. And what is he saying? This is the statutes of the Torah. That a much infinitely higher level of Yud Kevavke is commanding. The Havaya. The Yudke Vavke of Attic of the ancient of days, he is commanding Lamar to say, What does that mean? That Havaya is commanding Lamar to say, What does he mean, Lamar to say? If ha, the higher Havaya is Keser, the Torah being engraved is in Keser, because in Keser is pure orange soul. And there's no shapes or forms or definitions over there. No attributes. You have subtle letters, where the letters, which means subtle potential revelations, so to speak, which those reve potential revelations are still one with the source, like an engraved letter that's one with the stone. And very, very, and obviously, on these levels, the Torah is unreachable. It's so abstract, it's so undefinable, it's so un... It hasn't yet defined itself so that we can latch our minds on. But God wants us to connect the Torah that is in that etched and totally one with Him level 
to connect it to the attributes so that we could assimilate it and draw it into creation and into the world. That means that we're going to take the, transit, the Torah as it is in its transcendental Keter state, Keser state, and draw it down into Chachma. Because Chachma is the beginning of the attributes. Once you draw it into Chachma, you can draw it from Chachma down into Bina. From Bina into the seven, six, seven emotions, six emotions, and finally into Malchus, and through Malchus into the creation, into our, into our existence. But your main thing is to latch it and to connect it into Chachma. And that's the meaning. This is the statute of Torah, where Torah is still one with Havaya, the higher Havaya. But what's the intention? Ashet Tziva. Tziva means to connect Lamar to Chachma. Chachma is called Lamar. Why is Chachma called Lamar to say? Because Amira is saying now, Amira is in Chachma. The concept of an Amira, an utterance, is related to Chachma. What's Chachma have to do with, with Amira? Chachma is, is wisdom. What does it have to do with Amira? Amira is generally in Malchus. Yomar Hashem is in, in creation is in Malchus. Malchus is. But as we discussed many times, Chachma is the source of Malchus and Chachma is the source of Amira. And we find the concept that Chachma is called Amira. Where do we find that? It's stated in Zohar, Pashas Bereshis, that Chachma is called Amira. An utterance. Al pasuk vayomer elokim. On the pasuk vayomer elokim, the Zohar explains that elokim is bina and vayomer is chachma. Vayomer elokim. Have Omar Abba ba'amira. That's what the Zohar says. That Abba, which is chachma, said ba'amira in its statement. Now we know for in 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 lashon hakodesh in the Hebrew tongue. There's two words that express speech. One is dibor, ledaber, to speak, and one is vayomer, to say. So in this mimer, sometimes we learn that dibor is higher than amira. For example, the Ten Commandments are called aseres hadibros. The Ten Utterances of Creation are called asara mamorois, the Ten Utterances. And we know that the utterances which, which, with which God created the world are infinitely lower than the Ten Commandments. So the Amira is lower than the Dib- is way lower than the Dibor. Dibor is much higher. Here in this Mimer, he actually states it the opposite. That in some in some way, on some level, Amira is much higher than Dibor. Because Amira is in Chachma and Dibor is in Bina, the two intellectual attributes of God, Chachma and Bina. And Chachma is much higher than Bina. Like the holy Mizrich and Magid, the altar of his Rebbe, states, When it says, by the Ten Commandments, it says, That God spoke. There it says, because commandments are Dibor. God spoke all those words, saying, What is the meaning? The Magad explains that God attached the Kashar and he bonded the Ten Commandments to the level of Lamar. God connected the Ten Commandments to the Ten Utterances that were said in the Six Days of Creation. Now the usual understanding of that is that by connecting them, 
is that the ten utterances of creation are infinitely lower and have less divinity, less of the divine input. The ten commandments are much higher. And God spoke the commandments into the utterances is that the commandments should not be floating and above and detached from the utterances, but that the Torah, the commandments, should actually connect and attach itself, invest itself, imbue itself into the creation so that the utterances are now infused with the commandments. So we have the idea of Dibor and Amira being two things and and Dibor being connected to the Amira. But again, usually over there the understanding is that the ten utterances are much lower. He's learning this attachment the other way around, that the utterances are higher than the, than the, than the speech. Why is that? In the Zohar, Pashas Vayikri explains how each one of the ten commandments is aligned with one of the ten utterances of creation. Two times ten. But what's the difference between Dibur and Amira? Who ki Amira who believe? Amira is here. He's going to explain according to the understanding that Amira Lamar is higher than Dibur. So the attachment of the Ten Commandments to the Ten to the Ten Utterances would be an upgrade, not a down. Not, not lowering it down, but elevating it. Again, we're going to see if we have more explanation on that because that seems to go against everything we usually understand. But now we're going according to the idea that Amira is higher than Dibar. Why do we find that? Ki Amira who believe. Sages say many times that when it says Amira, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone spoke it verbally, articulated it with their mouth. It means you're talking in your heart. It's more like thought. It's like speaking in your heart. Dibar is an actual speech which is lower than speaking in your heart. Lower meaning more, more external. Because when you're saying something in your heart, it's still inside you. It's still attached to you. And therefore it has more energy. Once you're communicating it out th- through speech, it's exiting, it's to the outside, which is always lesser. That's the revelation to someone else, that speech. Above as well, there's ten utterances and there's ten commandments. The ten utterances are in Chachma, are drawn from a higher place. They come from Chachma. And as we said earlier in the name of the Zohar, Bereshis, that Amira is in Chachma. And the ten commandments are in Bina. It's more about revelation. So it is implies in the Zohar in Idra, look over there. So it also states in Migdash Melech. He says it in the name of Rabchaim Vital. And close to this is also explained in the writings of the Ramak, Ramosha Kardova and Pardes. Also look in the difference between Amir and Dibur. In the book of the writings of the Ramaz, in the beginning of Parshas Emor. What I wrote in the Torah, on the Pasuk in, in uh, Megillah's Esther, there he explains this. 
And that's why by Aseris Adibros, by the Ten Commandments, it says that God spoke Lamar saying, Shechiber, this is the, again, going back to the Pirish of the Magid, of the Mizritra Magid, Shechiber, that the Abish to attach to Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments, Shemibchinas Bina, which originate in Bina, Lamar, and he connected it, Libchinas Asaris Mamaris, the Chachma, and he connected it to the Ten Utterances of Chachma. Because Chachma and Bina are two friends that are supposed to be attached. Which gives, adds explanation to the word Lamar in the Ten Commandments, which otherwise doesn't make any sense. In the beginning, by the Ten Commandments, it says, God spoke these words saying. Now, usually when it says saying, means that we should repeat it. But by the Ten Commandments, everybody was there. If God speaks to Moshe and he tells him Lamar, that means you should repeat it. Or even if he speaks to the entire Jewish people, he's telling them to repeat it to the next generation. But we know by the Ten Commandments, all the Jewish people and of all future generations and all souls were there. So who is the lamer? Who should we repeat it to? So there's various explanations, but one of them is what we're saying now. It means that we should connect these Ten Commandments to the Ten Utterances. It seems to be extra. It seems to be uh, since everybody heard it directly from God. Look in the Maimar Shishayim and Malchus. So he doesn't give over here an explanation to the general idea in which we generally know that Aseris Adibros is higher than Aseris Amamaris. Because Aseris Amamaris is referred to the Zohar as the words of a simpleton versus Aseris Adibros is a much deeper, more sophisticated, more royal, more regal speech, a higher speech. That's why the Torah is much higher than the world. And how is it that we're learning now the opposite? That we're lifting up the Ten Commandments which come from Bina to the Ten Utterances which come from Chachma. So again, we'll leave that question for now. We might have to deal with it next week if he doesn't explain it within the next, with, within whatever we're learning. We might have to kind of do some, uh, some homework and try to figure this out. But what, what, what we do have in, what, in how it relates to our, our discussion over here regarding the Red Heifer, regarding Paraduma is that when it says, the I'm sorry, over here it says, that God speaks to Moshe, that God speaks to Moshe, and he says, this is the mitzvah of the Torah, the, 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 the statue of the Torah, that Havaya commanded, which as we're learning now, is the higher Havaya, which is in Keser, in Atik Yomen, Lamar means that Siva means to command which commandment can also means to connect, because through a person commanding someone else, there becomes a, connect, a connection between the king and the simple person, because the king is commanding the simple person. That itself serge, serves as a bridge between the two. So this is what God is commanding, which means God is connecting. And what is he connecting? He's connecting Havaya um, Deleela, the higher Havaya, which is in Keser, the letters that are etched in him, which is in Keser, and he's connecting it to Lamar to Chachma, which Chachma is already the beginning of letters, the written letters. Or Lamar, the world of Amira. Hinei Tziva, Omeloshen Tzavsa's attachment to Yenis Kashrus, it's the bonding, Vizchabrus, and attachment. Vizel, Pidish, and this is the meaning, Hashat Tziva, Avaya, Lamar. That God commanded Lamar, that there should be a bonding and an attachment. Havaya the Atik, the Havaya, the Yutkevavke of Atik Yomen, of the ancient of days, which is Havaya the Lielo, which is the higher Havaya, Lipchenas Lamar to the to the level of Lavar, 
which is actually the beginning of the lower Havaya, because and we know Yud from from Yud Kevavke is Chachma. But that's the lower the lower Yud Kevavke, Huachachma, which is the level of wisdom. It means to draw down and the, and to reveal Soiviv Kalalman, the infinite encompassing light of Keter. Keter is the encompassing light, and to reveal it where Bimamalakalaman in the indwelling light, in the spheros, and the attributes in the already in the in the um, uh, in the world of Atzilus, which is already the beginning of 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 of, limp, of finite existence. And what does that mean? It means we should draw the Torah down. From its very, very root and source. Torah really, even though it reveals itself to us from Chachma, but it's a real quintessential source, is above wisdom, above Chachma. And we want to connect that level of Torah in Chachma. Because as the Torah appears to us, it comes, it emanates from the divine attribute of Chachma, which is very, very high. It's the first of the ten spheros, but it's still an attribute. Avol Sharsha, but its root of the Torah, is far superior to Chachma, coming from levels infinitely beyond Chachma. Umam and we draw down Mimme Koira from her source, Visharsha, and her root, Bichachmeyalah into Chachma. And this means, King David says, I, simply it means, I delight in your Torah. But the deeper meaning is, I have caused the Torah to fill with delight. I delight the Torah. Not, I am delighted by the Torah. Ani, I, King David, your Torah, I brought pleasure into the Torah. When do you bring pleasure into the Torah? When the Torah, which is Chachma, which is wisdom, is uplifted and connects to the to, to Keser, which is the levels of beyond Chachma, which is the levels of pleasure, the infinite levels of innermost of Keser, which is which is the dimension of pleasure. So that brings boundless delight into the Torah. And who can do that? The Torah itself can't lift itself up into its source. It's its source, but it's not, it's not a visible source. It's so deep, it's so high, the Torah itself can't do that. It's only the Jewish people. When we learn Torah, we elevate, not only do we benefit from the Torah, but we contribute to the Torah. We lift the Torah up into its source. And on this connection, it says, that the higher Havaya, Lamar, is lowering down into Lamar, into Amira, which Amira, we said earlier, is Chachma. Okay, now. Well, be it an Indian, and the explanation of the matter is as follows. There are four levels. Tamim, Nekudois, Tagin, and Oisiyos. There are four levels in, in the words of the Torah. In the letter, when you, when you look at the Torah, you see four dimensions. First of all, there's letters. If you look in a Sefer Torah, you see letters a holy Torah scroll, you see the letters. The letters are the lowest part of the Torah. It means they, they are capturing the least energy of the divine. And obviously the letters are closest to us. That's why we're the only part that we can really read and understand and comprehend to whatever reason we can comprehend is the letters. So they're the most reduced. and They come already in a form of a letter. Above the letter, 
are the crowns. If you look in the Torah, every letter has crowns. The crowns are symbolizing such lofty levels that are much higher than the letters themselves. That's why the crowns are on top of the letters. It's indicating it's something that's higher and something that you can't really, a crown sits above the head, represents something that's more infinite, above. So it's a level of Torah that we can't see, it's deeper. Above that is nekudos. Nekudos are the pronunciation, but the crowns are visible. It means if you look in the Torah, you can see the crowns with ink. Then the next two levels you can't see. They're there in the Torah, but you can't see them. What is that? The va- pronunciations, the vowels, which come through certain dots. Now in a chumish, those dots are inserted, whether it's a comet, whether it's a patach, whether it's a sego, whether it's a tzere, malupim, all these things, you can see them. In the Torah, it's not written, because it's already too abstract. It's higher even than the crowns. You can't see, it's called nakuda, it's called dots. Sorry, it's called... I made a mistake. Um, no, 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 I'm, no, I made a mistake. I'm going from the back. Osios are the letters. Tagin are the crowns. Nekudais are the dots. And then above the, the vowelizations is tes stands for... Tes stands for tamim. Tamim is the song. That means in addition to the pronunciation, the Torah is sung with a certain tune. Now that song... Is, represents even higher than the pronunciation. So four levels. There's a lot going on with what we don't see in the Torah. Now when we engage in Torah study, we're engaging the letters. We, don't, we, we can't interpret anything more than the letters. We don't have any explanations beyond the letters. Rabbi Akiva, for instance, was able to, to see in the Torah past the letters. He was able, to, the Talmud says, he was able to derive piles and piles of laws from the crowns. He, was, yeah, he knew the inner code of the crowns. I mean, he tapped into the Torah on the level of crowns, tagin. But doesn't say that he tapped into the nakudos. And definitely not to the song element. But now he explains what these four dimensions are. So he says, tamim, the, the, the musical notes, the song of Torah, is connected to Chachma. Nekudais, which is wisdom. Nekudais, um, dots, bebina, are, meaning the pr- pronunciation, vow- the vowels, is connected to the level of bina. Tagin, the crowns, bize'er anpin, are in the ze'er anpin. Ve'oisiyos, and the letters, bemalchus and malchus. This is, of course, in the, in the lowest level of how we interpret this. The letters are in Malchus, because Malchus is speech. The, the vowels are associated with the emotions that are higher than speech. The vowelizations are associated with Bina, which is intelligence, which is higher than the emotions. And Tamim, the, which means Taste. Tam also means, as we said, musical notes. Tam also means reason. The reason, the understanding of something. So that's in Chachma. Now, Now, even though Chachma 
is it would seem like it seems like the, the Torah as it is in Chachma, which is the Tamim, is the highest level. Because we said there's four levels. And Torah, we said, is Torah and Chachma. Torah Machachma Nafkis. Torah comes from Chachma. According to this, we understand that the Torah on the level of Malchus. But there is higher and higher until you get the Chachma, which is the Tamim, which is the, the song. But we said earlier that the Chachma, that's not the real source of Torah. Chachma, from Chachma, the Torah emerges from wisdom, from Chachma. But Torah really comes from Kesser, from the crown. So he explains. Chachma is the highest level of the Torah as it is presented to us. It's the song of the letters. That's the level of Chachma. But that's the way the Torah manifests already in the world of Atzilus, as the Torah merges outward with four dimensions. But then there is the source of the Torah. And therefore, the Torah as it is receiving from a higher realm, Chachma as it's receiving from Keser, from the infinite. When Chachma is receiving from Keser, the Tamim, the song of Torah, is only receiving from the, lower, from the lowest level of Torah on a higher level. Oh, we actually learned about this today in the morning. Remember we learned there's two levels of Torah. We learned Torah as Torah is called our Torah. And then we learned that there's the Torah as it's called God's Torah. So these are the two, two dimensions over here. We're talking, the lower Torah is Torah as it is. Mechachma descends outward. Lower to us. And over there, Chachma is the highest level. It's the level of Ta'amim, of, of song. But really, Chachma, compared to the infinite, to Keser, from there, the Chachma is only receiving from the lowest level of the higher, of the higher Torah, which are the Oisiyais, which are the letters. The Lagaba Oilam Shalom Ailamamana, compared to the world that's above it, Hupchenas Mekambal, it's receiving Ma'oisiyais Shabaylam Elyon. It's receiving from the letters of the higher world. Because the letters of the highest world, of the higher world, Nasim Makar HaChachma becomes the source of wisdom. To the, to the lower world. I'll give you a simple example to that. Our entire understanding of the esoteric parts of Torah, of the, of the, of the highest the, the secrets, this God, comes from, let's say, the book of Zohar. Right? That's the most... Now, the book of Zohar was authored by Rav Shimon by Yochai. Now, all the Kabbalists and all the teachings are deriving and building and creating the entire world of Kabbalah from what? From the book of the Zohar. They didn't meet Rav Shimon by Yochai. They only met the book of Zohar. The book of Zohar are the letters, the words of Rav Shimon by Yochai. Now imagine if you didn't just read the Zohar, but you met the author of the Zohar. And when you learned and you sat by, in Reb Shimon Yochai's Idra, Idra was a, means a, a circle where they're all sitting together and learning, he's communicating to them. And when you're communicating with a teacher, you're not just hearing the words, you're seeing the facial expressions. You're sensing the excitement, you're sensing the passion, you're feeling the inner light that's coming through in the letters, which you're not getting when you're reading just letters. But, but to us, our entire understanding of, of the entire world of, of Kabbalah and mysticism is only from the lowest level of Rav Shemim what he printed, 
or what he wrote. He didn't print it; those weren't print yet. But what he, what he, what he, what, what was what was transcribed. He himself didn't write it. His students were writing, whatever. As they were writing, only from the letters of him becomes the entire chachma, the entire wisdom of all the great kabbalists. The levels that are beyond. So from the oisiyos, from the letters of the higher, become the chachma in the lower level. So the same is in, 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 in the spherot above, that even Chachma, which is so sublime and so high, is only receiving from the letters of Keser. Just like we find, just like Malchus of Atzilus, which is speech, Malchus is speech, Nasis Atik becomes the crown, Labria to Bria, and it's the source of Chachma of Bria, is from, is from the words, the same idea was spoken in Tanya just two few days ago, where the Alter Rebbe says that God's speech is only called speech to him, but to us, his speech is the source of intelligence to the highest angels and the highest celestial beings. The, the speech is infinitely higher than any intelligence. Kamoyal Derech Marshal, or the example, the example, Diburarav, the speech of the teacher, Nasamakar becomes the source for the intelligence of the student. Vazau, when this is the meaning, Ashet Siva Havaya. And this is the meaning of that siva havaya ainu bechinis dibur vaosius shem havaya shlemay lematzilus havaya the higher havaya the higher yutkevavke is in keser. What is it emanating? It is emanating only speech, siva commanding speech. It's the speech from the infinite. And what is that communicating to? Lemar tachachma. It's becoming the source of wisdom in the attribute of Chachma. It's the letters of Yud Kei that's beyond Atzilus. This is what creates Pchenas Leymar, Leymar, Makar, a source And the point over here is that through the red heifer, through Dafka, through this mitzvah, we cause this bond. Without this, we have Torah, we have mitzvahs, but it would all be, it would all be the, the mitzvahs and the Torah would be more of an a external expression of God as opposed to his inner being of who he is. The Torah has to be elevated to connect to the innermost of the divine, to the Eberster himself, to, to the Orin Saif himself. And through the mitzvah, the red half, we're going to see why when we learn this is accomplished. Is associated with the med, what it brings in Tanya uh, from the uh, Medrash or from Sefer Habar, I'm not sure where he brings it from. That David, that King David was attaching the Torah above, he attached the Torah above to God Himself. I mean, he lifted the Torah up. It's this, it's this idea that we're learning, I caused the Torah to delight. And all of this was drawn down. It was the deeds of the red heifer that accomplished this. So now he's going to explain what's the relationship of the mitzvah of the red heifer. How does this accomplish this? Because by the procedure of the paraduma, it says, The Kohen should take a branch from a cedar tree. The azoiv and a little hyssop grass, which is small little grass. And a... A, a thread, a ribbon, 
or dyed, dyed crimson. And he should cast it into the burning of the red heifer. Together with the burning, they would throw these three ingredients in. And then it says, and then after this is burnt to ashes. Now you take, in order to purify the one that's defiled, from the ashes of the, of the burnt um, atonement sacrifice, which is this red cow. And you pour upon it water, living waters, which means water that comes from a spring. And you put it into the keli, into, the, into a, a vessel. Then they would take the ash and put it on it, sprinkle it on it, and then you would sprinkle that and they would purify it. Well, Havans had to understand this. What's this all about? We first have to preface, that is known, there's four levels. In, we see in forms of life, in the world, we see four levels. Medaber, there is a, the, the human being who can speak. Chai, there is the animal. Vetzomeach, there is the, the um, plant. And there is the domain, and there is the silent entity, which is the silent because it doesn't express life. It's the, what seems to be inanimate. Shem Gamkein, now they too, these four levels of life that we see in this world, they correspond, corresponding to the four levels that we spoke earlier. Tamim, that's the human being, is connected to the level of tam, reason. Animal is connected to nekudais, to the vowelization. Um, plant is connected and derived from, in some way, from tagin, from the, the crowns. And domain, the inanimate, is derived and related to osios, to the level of letters. The alien mehem, and we always find that the one that's higher, also includes the lower. In other words, each one, in other words, there is the lowest. The lowest is the inanimate. Then you have plant. Plant is has the has whatever the inanimate has, plus. And then um, animal has whatever inanimate and plant has, plus. And the human has all three plus. So each quality is an addition. It's not like a complete different creature and, and what, what the, and each one stands in, in its isolation. Each one incorporates what was there before and, and with an addition. The inanimate, which is the final and the lowest of the four levels, the lowest form of existence, doesn't have anything else other than itself, and that is a matter. Matter without it that doesn't exhibit any life. But on next two levels, which are the plant and the animal, and also the human chulu, these three levels are detached from it. It, it, it does not, it produces plant, but it itself doesn't, can't grow. A stone doesn't grow. Earth doesn't grow. And it definitely doesn't move around. It doesn't have a will. The other things are detached from it, removed from it. But plants, like trees, and grass, they have extra vitality. From this inanimate entity. That they can grow, they can, plants, they can grow. Or even though they have this higher superiority, it doesn't mean that they only have that. 
And it also includes within itself the inanimate element. The very matter of the tree. Without the power of vegetation that's in it. Like for example, sometimes a tree is dead. You still have the matter, but it can't grow. So in that sense, you see that even when a tree could grow, there is the, the, the inanimate of it, and then there is something in it in addition, something spiritual, kind of some kind of a force that gives it this, 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 this growing ability. It on its own is like the inanimate. In addition to that, it also has the power to grow. And because it is added on upon it, this idea that it, that it grows, it's called itzomeach. Like it says in Eitz Chaim, and Eitz Chaim from the Arizal, it says that a domain only has, it has a soul. See, this is the written 400 years ago. It was already discussed in Judaism, in Jewish sources, that matter is energy, that it has a soul, it has a spirit. And how do they call it? It's a spirit that holds the some the 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 various different powers, um, it 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 combines them and holds them together, which is what we know: neutrons, electrons, all these entities. So they were speaking already of the spirit. There was some kind of an energy there that can keep it together. It's the power to unify the eshmaim, ruach and offer, fire, wind, earth, and 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 fire, water, wind, and earth that make up the substance of everything. Attaches and weaves together the four elements. Shomurk of Mahem, which is the which it which which it is 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 weaved from it. It is it is created from them, not created. Murk of it is it is um, it is grafted from all these four powers together and make up the substance of the matter. And that's that's called one level of soul. Vanefesh In other words, they but they identified a spiritual power. That's there in inanimate, which who 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 claimed that at such a long time ago? And then there is the nefesh, there is the soul that there is in a plant. It's also a soul, different type of a soul. So the Arizal says it has in it two aspects. Number one is the external part of it, which is the same energy that we spoke about before, the power of Unit, joining the, the elements, the power that, that holds it all together. That's the soul that holds it together. Which is the same like the soul of a stone. You have that also in a tree and a plant. But in addition to that, it has a more inner power. Pnimis means a more spiritual inner, more which is called the nefesh, the soul that makes things grow. But it doesn't have a vitalizing soul like an animal has. Vachai, but an animal, yes, by Kolzeh has these two earlier, these, these um, powers, these two levels of soul. The Noisifalzeh has a triple, a third dimension, Nefeshachiyunis, a vivifying soul, Vaharetsunius, one that can be seen as a being with desire. That's what makes an animal different than a plant. The plant doesn't have a desire. It can't say, I want. It just is, it grows. A, a, a cat wants something, a dog wants something, wants a bone at once. 
Once you defeat it, once this, once that, wants to be comfortable and so forth. You can't identify that I that has some kind of will. And that's why it's called a living being. But even though it has this, this higher level of life, it also includes the lower ones. It also includes within itself the, veget, the, the plant and the inanimate. Because included in 200 is a 100. So it has within it the lower features as well. For example, he says, where do you see that? Because you have an animal, but you have small animals and you have large animals. Same animal. You have a small fox and a larger fox, a small rabbit and a big one, a small squirrel and a big one, a small cat and a big cat. Now, how did, the, how did the big cat become a big cat? It was one small. And then it grew to being big. So you see it changes its size. That's the tzmicha. That's it. So that means it has a soul that can make it grow. The small animals and large ones. And the small ones become bigger. That's the vegetative soul that's in the, the plant soul that's in the, in the animal. It also has the inanimate. Just like we said in a plant, there is the inanimate. Where, where will we see it? In the bones, for instance. That's in the skeleton of the animal. Now they will grow when? During the lifetime of the animal. The animal dies. These bones are just there. Skeletons, they don't change. They're inanimate. And on their own, they're inanimate. Nevertheless, they will grow. And when, when the life of the animal is in this carcass, now it's alive in this body, and the body grows, and it also is impacted and becomes one with this living being, so the desire of it impacts its bones. And that, it, that when it has a desire to go somewhere, the, the bones and the muscles move and everything. Right? So you see, and then we come to the highest form of being in the physical world, and that's the human. He has an intelligence, a different kind of a soul, an intelligent soul. Hamid, the best that can speak, which other animals don't have. It was the unique quality of speech. That's why the human is called Medaber. He also includes, he includes all three in him. Number one, he's alive with the physical life like an animal. And also we see him growing from, big, from, from, from a, being a small, as we said earlier, to bigger. And he also has bones, as we said, which is just the, the, the inanimate. And just like the medaber, the, the, the human being, which is the person, includes these four levels of domim, tzamechai, physical, so too in the, in the psychological element within the inner human being, which is the, 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 the psyche of the person, the powers of the soul. Hamadaberis of the speaker, you see that, in other words, there is the inner human. And in the inner human, you see the plant, not, not the physical part. You see the plant, animal, and inanimate. For example, thought, speech, and action, which is more the level of behavior, are called, they're all called the inanimate. Thought, speech, and action. An action we can understand. You did something. It's a fixed action. It doesn't grow. 
while you're doing it, there's energy there. But once you finish doing something, it is whatever you created, it is. And it's fixed. But he says even speech is fixed, doesn't grow. That means that you can say something and those words won't become bigger and stronger or change. It is, it's fixed. Like an inanimate thing. Even a thought, it's fixed. Example. From one letter and from one utterance, it will not produce another one. And if you speak something else, that's a whole different creation of speech. But this speech is fixed and stationed and set like an inanimate entity. It doesn't budge. If you'll say something else, then, then you've the power of speech emanated a whole different, a whole, a whole new um, emanation. But the one speech that emanated already and went out, it doesn't grow. And as it is, so it will stay. For example, this class is recorded. Is it recorded? I'm saying it now. You listen to it in 10 years from now, it's going to be the exact same class. It's fixed, it's recorded as it is. The words are the words, it doesn't change. But, let me show you something. If I'll come back in 10 years from now and I will teach this very same teaching, this very same book, the class might be totally different. Hopefully I'll grow in the next 10 years and have way more wisdom, God will help, will grant me wisdom, and I should continue understanding deeper and deeper. So when I'll learn the very same discourse, I'll have much deeper things to say, and more meaningful things to say, on a higher level, let's hope so. Okay, so, but, but, but the previous speech is fixed, but the intellect of the, the intelligence of the speaker changes. The more, the more you study, the more you learn, you become more intelligent, and you have a greater understanding. So the growth is in the, in the, in the medaber part of the person, not in the letters, not in the words. But the, if I wrote something, those words are written, and they are as they are. They don't change. If I said something, again, it doesn't change. But the, inner, but the emotions do change. Words, if, I'm, if I have a certain passion about something today, and then a few weeks ago, you hear me speaking about the same thing, it might be much less passionate. It might shrink, or it might become far more intense, much stronger. How's that? Because passion is, because emotions are like plant. They grow, it's the same emotion. And the emotion is, is, is less, and the emotion is stronger, like a tree grows. So it's, even letters of thought. The letters themselves don't grow and don't change. That's why they're called inanimate. But emotions, they are the plant in the human psyche. Emotions grow from small to big. For example, by a child, his emotions are immature. The small things. is when you grow gray. Before I give an example, how the very same emotion becomes more intense, more. Ex now we're learning a little different. That the 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 power of emotion, the love. One of the emotions of a person is the ability to love. That energy of love grows in terms of it becomes more sophisticated. 
and therefore it changes. Things that you were excited about and attached to a long time, the same emotions, your same feeling, but the feeling is to something of much greater value. When you grow, it's going to be on a much higher level, like a higher tree. According to what now is important in the mind of the child and therefore in the emotional, um, in the emotional reality of the child. And even by an adult, now he's saying the thing that I said before, even if it's the same level, but the excitement regarding this one subject or this one person or this one idea, or this one whatever it is, um, your excitement about it was kind of less. And the more you got into it, the more you understand it. And then now you're, you're like, you know, your emotion is so much stronger towards it. It's possible for it to be like a little spark of a fire. It expands and it grows, becomes a mighty inferno. Okay, so that's emotions. They, they grow from small to big in content and in, and in intensity. And the intelligence corresponds, the human intelligence corresponds to the animal. Now, just like in the outside world, there is inanimate, there is plant, and there is animal, and there is human. Within the human itself, the speech is called, uh, thought, speech, and action is called the inanimate. Emotion is called plant. Intelligence, you would think the intelligence, that's the human. No, the intelligence is called the animal in the person. The human will see is higher than that. And seichel corresponds to the element of chai. Like it says, wisdom, which is intelligence, enlivens, uses the word chai, life. And the proof to this is, when you write down an idea, or you speak it, Interesting idea. If you read someone's book or you go to their class, the richness of the idea is going to be more, more sensed and experienced in hearing the audio of the person talking than just by reading it. Because in the letters of speech... Um, the intelligence is more pronounced than in letters of action. Speech is the uh, um, writing something is physical. Recalls and why, why is that? It's the same same. Here you're reading the words. Here you're hearing the words. So he says that's because because seichel intelligence is the level of chai of animal. We said before that thought, speech, and action are all inanimate. But we understand that in the inanimate itself, that the, the action is the most inanimate. It's the most physical. It's the most dense. Speech is more spiritual. Thought is even more spiritual. So even though in general they're all considered domain, but speech is not as domain, and, and, as, and because of that, the speech can facilitate and express the level of chai, which is the intelligence, more than action, which is more 
more, uh, more domain. So it's hard to understand what he wants with this. So how is he proving it? And this is all a proof that intelligence is high. I mean, what you see from here is intelligence is more spiritual. Where do you see from here that intelligence is dafka, the level of chai? Okay, I'm going to have to come back to this next week and to try to give some more understanding to it. I'll hopefully read it again and we'll figure that out. The keser So where is the human of the human? That's not the chachma, that's not the intelligence. That's, that's our level that transcends intelligence. That's the level of keser. Keser is the level called human. Why? The keser, keser that transcends seichel, that's the idea of the speaker. Now, we said earlier that speech is the inanimate, is the lowest, is the domain. So he differentiates. There is the speech and there is the ability to speak. The speaker that's speaking the speech. The speech itself is the most fixed. As we spoke earlier, it's fixed, it's limited, it doesn't create anything else. The words are, are fixed pieces of energy that emanate from the person, but it's like you're creating stones. It's set. But your ability to craft words together and craft sentences and create and 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 communicate, you'll say that's intelligence. Why can humans do that and 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 animals can't do that? Because animals don't have that level of intelligence. Humans have a higher level of intelligence. That's why we can speak. No, it's a power that transcends intelligence. Just because we're intelligent beings and we understand something doesn't mean we would have a power to speak. God has imbued us with a power that transcends intelligence because the ability to speak comes from a place beyond rational thinking and logical thinking. Speech happens, and we understand that, that when, we're, when, when we talk, it's almost like we start talking at a certain age automatically. And we don't go through logical processes of thinking and of motor skills in which we work our mouth through a whole process of, of practice until we can, you know, just like we learned the times table and then we math, and we know math, and it takes a while till we learn it. And before we learn it, we don't know math. So we need to, like, get used. We would think that to, to learn how to talk, you would need to go through a whole major thing. It's very delicate to put words. Now, of course, we do learn how to make better sentences and more correct speech and more grammatical and so on and so forth. That's a different aspect. We're talking about but the very notion of being able to talk is not an intellectual thing. It comes from a power in the soul that transcends the intelligence. It's from a more super-encompassing power of our soul, unique to the human soul. And that's called the human inside of us. And that's why in Hebrew, when we refer to the human species, we don't refer to the human the species as the intelligent one. We refer to the human species as the speaker. Because our ability to speak is indicative or, or expressive of our highest power. Speech itself, that's the domain, as we said earlier. But our ability to talk, that's our keser. And that's why we can speak. And the proof is, from a child. Sometimes you have children that are very wise, even when they're very young, but yet they can't talk. You have children that you understand a lot. But they can't speak. 
So you see that if it would be a direct product of the intelligence, there's enough intelligence. So whatever they, obviously, they'll get more intelligence, they'll have more sophisticated speech. But the fact that whatever they conceive in their mind, they should be able to say. Because the mind, if, if the source of speech is intelligence, they have an understanding, they should be able to immediately talk. But it doesn't work that way. The child has to get reach a certain level of maturity for the words to start formulating. Achim is gadol not until they grow a little older than just being aware. Because dibur speech comes from a place higher than the intellect, in a musik that is understood. As explained in Tanya in one of the epistles in the back of Tanya, same will also be understood. So this all this is going to be an analogy of the way things are above. God's thought and God's speech, they are called the inanimate. And that's why in the book of formation, they are called avanim, they're called stones. God's speech are called stones. Two stones, build two homes, which is an expression of about creation. How God created the world through these building blocks, which are the letters. In the supernal emotions, there's an air anpin, the emotions of God. That's called the, veg, the plant. Just like in the plant, there is growth and, 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 um, and um, sprouting. So too, when there's an air anpin. It's small and bigger. Sometimes the emotions are constricted. There's the mochen of childish above, that's what it refers to, a small mochen. Mochen de yanika means the, the nursing, which helps grow it. Mochen de gadlos, an expansive mochen. Rishon ve gadlos, sheni, two levels of gadlos, as discussed in Kabbalah. Zeu gam ken inyan eitz edez ve And that's why when we take a look at accompanying the red heifer, they had plants, and there were two types of plants. A branch from a very big tree, and a small little, small little grass, which represents two levels of emotion, small and big. That was cast into the burning of the, of the red heifer. The eris is the, is the greatest of the tzomeach. The eizov and the Ezev is the smallest. As it's, there's a verse that, explain, that expresses that idea from the highest plant to, to the smallest plant. It says from the Erez, from the big cedar trees that are in the Lebanon, until the little grass that grows in a wall. Like, you know, when you have something that's grass growing inside a wall. And in the Zohar, Pashas Metzor, it explains that Erez, because over there in Bar Metzor, it says also you should take an Erez and an Ezev, which, who Teferes V'yasait, is the two, they, they are indicative of the two Sfirot of Teferes, beauty, which is the third of the emotional attributes, and Yasod, which is the sixth. One is called big, and the other one is called small. But Akopanam, what do you see from there? Teferes and Yasod are both part of the emotional elements of the divine. They're part of the six emotions. And so also the, the paradise explains that. But the Ramaz, Ramosh Zakusi, he explains the Eitz Eres who Adas. That Eitz Eres is Das. Adas is already an intellectual fact. So it's above the emotions. 
but it's the key to the emotions. So it's not really the emotion, but it's the inner life force of the emotions. In the Zohar, it says that they are the two vavs, that the eight eras and the, and the, and the Azaiv are the two vavs. Because in the word vav is two vavs. Referring to Moshe and Yosef. Now Yosef we know he is the representing the attribute of Yesod. Moshe is Das. Okay. He says we can we can connect it to the Ramaz because yes, okay. Vachachma. Well, this was just a this was a, a parenthetical idea. Let's go back. Vachachma nikrachai. And chachma. So we spoke about tzomeach, tzomeach growing, as it is above. Chachma, the divine intelligence, that's called animal. That chachma gives life. Chachma, a lot of times, is referred to as water. Meha chachma, the waters of chachma. But we said chachma is associated with life. That's why there is something called mayim chayim, waters that are, 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 are life, because it's the power of chay, the power of, of a living being. And they, they are grow But the mayim chayim, where is the mayim chayim? Mayim chayim is chachma. But where is the mayim chayim coming, coming from? So the, the chachma comes from, from beneath the earth. The spring comes from beneath, beneath the earth. And we don't know the source. In other words, suddenly there's a spring. And where is it coming from? From somewhere below. It's the idea that chachma, which is called chai, emanates, as we said before, from keter, which is, un, which is undefined. That's like under the earth. We don't know that place. But the keser nikramedaber. That's why, going back, we said earlier, the ability to speak is also unknown to us. In other words, it's some power we have, but we can't identify. Intelligence we can identify. This is a power beyond our intelligence. We can prove it from the fact that a child has to reach to a certain age and suddenly start talking because something higher is kicking in, but we can't work with it because we don't know it. It's some kind of a, some kind of a, a, a superconscious power. So like we're saying, under the earth, the, the living waters, that's already identifiable. You see a spring. But where does the spring come from? From nothingness. Kesar is called ayin. It's higher than chai. And this is what it says. With you, which is referring to kesar, which is one with you. It's the source of life. Chachma is called chayim, life. This level is called makor chayim, the source of life. It's also called Medaber. It's the source of speech. Even though the Dibor is really the domain, the inanimate. How can it, the source be so high and the, what it produces, which is speech, be so low? Understand. The fact that Keser is the source of Chachma, Makor Chaim, no, that makes sense. After Keser comes Chachma. But why do we call Keser Medaber, which Medaber is Malchus, it's the lowest. Which Chachma, we understand, Chachma comes from Keser. What does Malchus have to do with Keser? Malchus is the lowest of the spheres. 
No. But we know that there's the rule that the beginning is wedged in the beginning. The end is wedged in the beginning. Which is speech, which is the lowest, is, is, is etched in what transcends intellect. Malchus is rooted in Keser. That's why there's two ways to count the ten Sefirot. One is from up. And when we count the Esosphere from up, Keser is above, then Chachma, Bina, Das, all the way down to Malchus. But there's another way to count Esosphere. It's called rebounding light, where the light is coming backwards. And then there, Malchus is called Keser. How Malchus or Keser? And how did Malchus be Keser? Because Malchus and Keser are really connected. And that's what we talk, you see that one. Hamelech, a king, which is Malchus, wears a crown. So you see, Malchus and Keser are related. Where's the crown? That's why the root of speech, is drawn from Keser. Which is called on this level. Which is called And that's why we find that in intelligence, which is Chachma, the letters encompass it. Whenever you have an idea, the letters are around the idea. How can the letters be above the idea? And the answer is because really the letters are rooted in Keser, which is higher than Chachma. They enclose it. They come from a place beyond Chachma. We're going to conclude with this line because it's already coming into Shabbos. That's why the letters of Torah, the letters of Torah are higher than the wisdom of Torah. The holiness of the letters. Because the concepts of Torah come from Chachma. But, but the letters that are conveying it, they come from a place higher than Chachma. Okay, we'll stop over here. We'll continue next week and get much better understanding about what's going on. Everybody should have a great